he walked right up to me and said, you're old, you're in shape. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I went. (laughs) The wording might've been a little different, but that was pretty much how the conversation. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. Hey, good evening. This is Flint Anderson and welcome to Old Man Energy. I'm your host. If you are new to the podcast, well, thank you for joining us today and you'll um, be enjoying myself and our guest, Josh. If you are a return visitor, you're back for more punishment or entertainment, whichever one you want to call it. So <laughs> we, um, we're glad to have you here either way. Listen, please like, subscribe, and ring that bell so that you can get updates on all of the craziness that is old man energy. I want to introduce my guest today. He is a very ambitious up-and-coming young man, Josh Valdez. Well, Josh Joshua, however you want to call him. Um, he works as a server at our local Outback. Please insert every dad joke in the comments that you can think yeah. of. <laughs> Except for the white shoes. I'm only wearing those up there twice. Most of the time, they're black. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. <laughs> I think the black ones were wet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's my um, my 28-year-old calls them my Grillmaster 3000. <laughs> so all the dad jokes about Outback, but he, um, he's been a server up there for a while. He's been our bartender up there for a while, started talking with us, started seeing our stuff online and just, um, really was impressed by his intelligence, his questions and his ambition as a young man. He's currently going to community college and has ambitions on becoming a bodybuilder. That is as much of your story as I'm going to share. So welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thank you for joining us today, brother. Sweet. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, definitely one of the most life-changing things about my story that I definitely want to share today and that, can, that I feel that can help inspire other people to pursue great accomplishments is I had a liver transplant when I was five years old. And basically, when I was younger, when I was a baby, my my mother came, brought me home from the hospital and I had jaundice. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, jaundice is a common like disease most babies have. And it usually goes away on its own. It's like a yellowish tint to the skin. And I think there's a lot of crying. And well, my jaundice, it, it, it did not go away. Like for three months, it did not go away. And my mom, she kept taking me back to hospital, like hospitals. She kept taking me back to doctors. She... She had, she, she definitely had some intuition on that something was, something was going on. And so she finally took me back to a, a liver specialist and they started running multiple tests. And for those of you who don't know, I believe there's like 20, 20,000 or 25,000 different things that can be wrong with the human liver. And so it took about a month of testing for them to actually figure out what was wrong with me. And about, about a month later, about a month later, my mom got a call from, from the hospital and they said, you, you need to bring your son in. He has an uh, uncommon disease called biliary atresia, where basically when I was born, the bile ducts in my liver didn't form. And so there was stomach acid just eating up the stomach lighting to my liver. And she got that call about three months. I went in and I got a procedure called a Kasai done, which is basically a temporary drainage pipe 
or the uh, stomach acid. And Kasai's can last anywhere from, you know, five years. They can last a couple days. They can last the rest of your life. It's all kind of chance. And mine lasted until I was about five years old. And when I was five years old, my Kasai failed and I had to go in for an immediate liver transplant. So you, you had this, just to clarify, you had this for four and a half years. Four, four. the time you were in infant. Yeah, yes, sir. I had four, four and a half years. I had it from time I was, I was three months old to a right around five years old. I had it for four and a half years and it failed. It failed around five years old. They, I, we, my mom got a call or no, my mom took me into the hospital and I got a, uh, an immediate or emergency uh, liver transplant done. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a huge blessing. I'm, I'm very grateful for it. I look at it as a second chance at life. I went in the, the young boy that I got the liver from was six years old at the time. And he passed away from an, a brain aneurysm. His name was Dakota. And after I had the uh, transplant, we met his family is a, he left behind a, uh, a younger, a younger boy and a younger, younger girl. And I, I forget their names, but it was a very, very beautiful family. I'm very grateful for, for his, his donation, his, for his, his sacrifice. I, I feel as if I got a second chance at life. I did get a second chance at life from him. And I'm not just living for myself. I'm living for, for two people. But it was, it was, I think it was about an eight, eight or nine hour, eight or nine hour surgery. And, uh, I remember, I remember laying in the hospital and I looked at my mom before I went in for surgery. I, I asked my mom, I was like, am I going to die? And she looked at me, she grabbed my hand and she said, no, I'm just going to see you when you wake up. And it was just like that. I, they, uh, I don't remember too much about it because I was, you know, I was, I was pretty young at the time, but I remember, you know, waking up and I was connected to so many IVs. I had, they were, they were pumping steroids in me, you know, to like bounce. They were taking blood work every, every morning, every night. I was on so much medical equipment. And one of the funny stories my mom loves, my mom loves telling is when you're on like a serious amount of steroids, you know, you get pretty, pretty frustrated. You, uh, you get angry, very, very angry. I think and, we've all heard those stories. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this situation. Yeah, no, 100%. You would have thought that I was like a devil child or something. So the doctor who performed the surgery, like the surgeon who performed the surgery walks in and I look up at him and I say, take your part back. I don't want it. <laughs> and like, oh I, I don't know. I was just, I was, I was a little shit to be honest with you. It was it was crazy. And all the nurses, they all just start laughing at me. And I was, I was so angry because they were all laughing at me and I was telling everybody to shut up and, and be quiet. But my mom was like con- confused and she, she was all like, why, why is my, my baby like talking like this? And it was just, you know, the nurse would laugh because they, they knew it was from the steroids and all the, you know, the stuff that they were pumping me with to make sure I was, I was good. And, but yeah, it was just, amazing experience. Like I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I got my second chance and I just want to make the best of this life. I want to live it to the fullest. And I really want to, I want my story to inspire other people with life-changing surgeries to pursue bigger things to, you know, sounds cliche, but push for the stars. Like 
reach for the stars because you get one life, you know, and you just need to make the most of it. But yeah. All right, we can end the podcast there. I don't know if I have anything to follow up with. Good Lord. That we, we, started, we started this episode off really heavy for a reason, guys. I want, we're going we're gonna to share the rest of Josh's story, and I'm joking. We're not done with this podcast by far. But just everything, if you, if you have something that tra- tragic is not the right word, but the right word is, is escaping me right now, that you start off your life with that challenging, you don't even know you're fighting. And it's still, as I understand, it still continues to def- not define you to this day, but you still have things you have to do to this day to make sure that you're staying healthy and no, make 100%. Sure the liver stays healthy. 100%. So every day since your entire life, you've had to worry about this. Now, in spite of that, talk about how you were in school. Uh, I definitely, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. The first, I say my freshman, my freshman, sophomore year, I, uh, I was lacking. I was lacking. I really did not earn my freshman year. My, my mistake, not my sophomore. My freshman year, I was. I really didn't care about school. I, uh, I, I, I didn't care about my grades. I was kind of. That was. I feel like that was definitely an outlet for me. Definitely an outlet for me to challenge myself and just. It, it really. I had a passion for sports when I was in school. Awesome, awesome. Now, what about your hobbies now? What do you What do you do now outside of work? Hobbies now. I mean, I love. I still love sports. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, hang out with some friends. We'll go play some basketball. I'll, uh, I'll go throw the ball, the football around. I love, I love running around. Kind of uh, swimming. I love swimming. A lot of outdoor activities. I love staying physically, physically active, and also working out. Working out's been a huge passion that's recently developed. Um, I'd say after my senior, after my senior year, I really started taking taking working out seriously. I've always. I, I've been in the gym since about sixth grade because that's that's when middle school sports started. I've always kind of had like the fundamentals, and I you know I worked out the football team, worked out the baseball team, whatever whatever sport I was playing, we usually did like a couple workouts a week and whatnot. Um, but I'd say after my senior year, I really started taking diet diet important like dieting importing. I really started just focusing on or like progressive overload, and I really started focusing on becoming the strongest that my body could could get that's how we started talking uh, yeah that's right that's he walked right. right up to me said you're old you're in shape what do you do <laughs> <laughs> I, that's exactly how i went <laughs> the wording might have been a little different but that was pretty much how the conversation <laughs> pretty much pretty much uh, that was the, that was how we started um I think you were wanting to talk about bulking. I think that's, I that's think what so. Led yeah. the conversations like hey okay you're I'm watching you put on muscle and you're up here quite often mm-hmm. so that was, um, but guys, this, this guy's story is incredible. And we're going to put in the comments, his Instagram, but go give him a follow and just watch what he does. And his attitude and his positive outlook on life is incredible. The more we've talked with him and the more I've had the opportunity to mentor him and to guide him, the more I've found that he is exactly what he presents right here. And That's rare, especially in the world that you grew up in. There's always been a camera or a screen in front of you. It's four inches big and, and yeah, shows no. a bunch of pictures. 100%, 100%. So one thing, and this is um, one, one of the topics we really want to delve into, and I've got a bunch of questions in a list and you got a bunch of questions here, is um, one thing that's come up repeatedly in our talks and surprise, surprise, is manhood and masculinity. And through the course of our mentoring, we've explored some of that, which that that, that part of it is all pretty specific, but... We realized that we, even though we have common views on manhood and masculinity, the way we interpret those and the way we experience those is vastly different because of our age gap. 
So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, you feel free to I'm turn around not. and ask me anything you want to. And I know I didn't get any questions from you, so that's fine. You put me on the spot if you come up with something. All right. No, for just, sure. Just, just for nail sure. it. I'm good with I got that. You. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, definitely. He, he did send me notes, but he didn't send me any questions he wanted to ask me. He just wanted to know what I was going to ask him. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I can come up with a couple questions. That's fine. If it pops up, cool. That, that's cool. If not, we're good. But let's start off real easy. Uh, Tell us what your definition of being a man is. Yeah, no, 100%. I don't think there's really like a guidebook to being being a man. I don't think there's a specific definition. I think it kind of varies. Uh, I definitely think being respectful, honest, kind, having integrity are all very good qualities of a man. I think not necessarily being self-sufficient, but being responsible for themselves as a whole is is what makes a man a man or is what builds a man what do you what do you mean what do you mean being self-sufficient is what builds a man can you explain expand like, that a little bit not like not being self-sufficient as in like he doesn't look for anybody for help or he can't take any like constructive criticism or he can't take advice from everybody but being responsible for his actions being accountable for himself being like oh i messed up here i'm gonna fix it Oh, like I'm going to push to better myself in this area because I know that I'm lacking. Okay. So the personal responsibility, personal accountability. Exactly. Uh, And so that's one of the terms that is one of the areas that we really agree on is I say it a little more harshly than you. You're, you're kinder. Um, (laughs) My my statement is we are worthless until we define ourselves (laughs) and it's a much better, nicer presentation of it than that. But I mean, once you, once you've been through that grinder for a while, it's like, okay, yeah, we, we definitely, we don't come with any intrinsic value. We have to accept responsibility for everything around us or we're not worth anything to anybody. And there's nothing worse than a useless man, in my opinion. hundred percent. And actually that, that brings me up. Whenever we get around to it, I have, uh-huh. I have a good question for you. Good. Ask me. Yeah. Since you said we don't have any intrinsic value, how do you build value as a man? That is a, that is a good question. It's not, the easy answer is money, but it's not just about money. It's about stability. It's about security. It's about taking care of yourself. It's about mm-hmm. presenting yourself as the best version of you that's possible. When I was your age, I was kind of an idiot. Actually, I think my, my brother and uh, sisters would probably say I was a big idiot, but oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we start building ourselves to, to build our value as a man. We bring more than just monetary, although monetary is a very easy way to measure. So su- be, focusing on success in mm-hmm. your younger years is incredibly important because you want, as a man, you want to have a family. You want to be a strong leader. You want to be somebody that is seen as a protector, somebody that folks look up to. And in order to be that provider, you have to be able to provide for your family financially, as well as physically, as well as emotionally. Mm -hmm. So how I, if I had it to do over again, to develop myself as a man, when I was younger, I would spend less time focusing on relationships and being married and looking for the right person. Because the right person normally shows up whenever you're ready for them, not necessarily whenever you're trying to pick them out. That's a whole different story. Yeah. But I would build myself. I would focus more on my physical fitness. I would focus more on building my career and building my success. I would focus more on becoming the smartest, strongest, best version of me. That, in my opinion, is how men build value. Because when we present ourselves to a mate or to a spouse or whoever, what we show them is what we've developed up to that point. 
and then our potential from there. And they're going to gauge our potential based on our production up to that point. Okay. No, definitely. So no, that's an excellent question. Now, one of the things I want to ask you bouncing off of that is how do you maintain and better yourself as a man? I did, kind of like what you're saying. You, you build yourself up. I want to challenge myself mentally, physically, spiritually. I'm a very religious person. I want to get to have a better relationship with Jesus. I want to, I want to be able to, if someone asks me a question, you know, not knowing about, you know, God or the Bible, I want to be able to present it in a way that's comfortable for them. I want to be able to present it in a way that they understand and present it in a way that they can actually learn and grow from it. You know, same mentally, I want, if I'm, you know, lacking education or I'm not smart in this certain department, I want to educate myself on whatever that idea is or whatever that topic is. And then physically, I want to make sure, especially for me, like I, I, I want to hold myself to a higher standard. I want to be as strong as possible. I want to be as healthy as possible. I don't want to have to worry about health issues when I'm like 50, 60 or as minimal health issues as possible. And you start when you're young, you know, you start when your body doesn't need or when your body's, you know, fresh, you know, it's like your body's like an engine. You take care of it and it'll benefit you. Best quote. That's an excellent answer. The best quote I heard on that, I heard this weekend and I can't remember where that said, if you don't treat your food as medicine, you'll be taking medicine like it's food. Oh, I love that. That quote was great. And I, I thought about that. you when I read that too, just because <laughs> of the story that you shared with me. And it was, it's just a, that's a good answer. And um, one of the thing too, is it, what would you define as the difference between a boy and a man? I feel like it's a little hard for me to define, you know, what a man would be just because I'm, I feel like I'm still in the process of maturing, growing and, you know, becoming a man. I definitely think a boy, he says and does things that he's supposed to do, but a man says and does things that he believes to be right, regardless when everyone's telling him that it's wrong, or he knows that is right, regardless when he has outside sources telling him that he's wrong. And you can look at it from like an age standpoint, you know, 12 years old, that's clearly a boy versus, you know, 60 year old man. But like, does that man have the maturity of 60 year old man? Like when you have the 20 year old or 25 year old or 26 year old moved out has two jobs, you know, maybe has a kid looking out for his kids, supporting his family. And then you look at say that 40 year old or 50, or 50 year old man that still lives with his mom. You definitely, you sure, you sure don't talk like somebody don't feel like a man. <laughs> you just called out half the damn internet. I'm just being honest. I'm just Good. being honest. <laughs> like, I don't think that, I don't think that's a man. I feel like men should hold themselves to higher standards in this generation. And you know, like we, we are supposed to be the leaders. We're supposed to be protectors. We're supposed to be definitely have big, big visions for, for ourselves and then act on those visions. Good. That's an excellent answer. And getting emotional means you're telling the truth. So that's a good thing. Don't, don't ever feel bad about that. I like your, I like your answer. I'll add one thing to it as far as I'm going to take his definition and put it over to mine, because yeah, I think if you're, you're pathetic and you don't produce shit and you're still living in mom's basement, expecting your parents to support you, you are a waste of space. You are a man child. The day that you go from being a consumer to a producer, when you produce more than you consume, in addition to everything else we talked about, I believe that's the day that you... I like that. Consume. I like that a lot. And that's, that's a different perspective I heard on it. So and it's awesome. In one paragraph, you pissed off the entire internet. <laughs> <laughs> you hit all the buttons. You're the old guys, the young guys. You just hit them all. That's all. Actually, you didn't. Most of the folks that have stuck around with the old man energy this long, they're kind of used to it. Well, point, so. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. That's there you awesome. Go. 
So it, to expand on that, what do you think a man's role in a relationship is? I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to make him mad, I don't think we check that box. All right. right. A man's role in a relationship. I definitely think that, you know, men, like I said earlier, I think men should be providers. Men should be leaders. Men should be, you know, like I'm very religious. So I'm going to go from a religious standpoint in the Bible. It says men are supposed to lead their wives. Men are supposed to look after the wives, protect their wives. And that goes for their children. That goes for their family. That goes for that person, the people that they hold dear to them. I think they're supposed to guide. I, I think they're supposed to be, be aware, very aware of their surroundings, very aware of themselves, aware of their family. I think they need to act in the interest of what they're protecting or trying to protect. What about when it comes to specifically man and woman in their relationship? There's a lot of men out there that are doormats. They're oh. henpecked and they let their wives run over them. They're afraid to make decisions. They're afraid to stand up because they don't want their wives to be pissed off at them. So you obviously have some pretty, pretty traditional views, especially for a young guy on relationships. And this is not on the script. Are you in a relationship right now? I am. In a, I'm in a relationship with a beautiful, beautiful woman. Well, give her a shout out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, definitely, definitely. I have the have the honor of, uh, of being in a relationship with an amazing, amazing girl named Chelsea. Hey, what's going on, Chelsea? Hope you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that. You'll be in trouble when you get out. No, ma- know, no matter right? how your relationship <laughs> is, trust me. So, so how does she feel about your views on a relationship? I, I think she agrees with most of them. And I don't, when I talk about protecting and guiding and leading, mm-hmm. I don't mean in like a dictatorship type of way. You know, it's not my way or the highway. I think as a man in a relationship, you should be open to, you know, what your wife or your significant other has to say. I think you should be open to their opinions because you're not going to be right all the, all the time. You're not going to be, you're not going to get that other perspective all the time. And when you open that conversation up to your significant other, you might, you might get a better answer than what you were originally thinking. That's a good answer. You know, and I think at the end of the day, you should always look to protect yours and look to, to guide yours. But at the end of the day, you, your significant other and your wife, the, the person that you call wife, is your ultimate teammate, your best supporter, and your number one opponent. Because she's going she's gonna to challenge you. She's going to push you to be the best version of yourself. And she's going to support you when you're low. I want everybody to pause, rewind, and go listen to what he just said again. And I don't care if you're 20, if you're 16, or if you're 50. Because... Saying it that succinctly and understanding that the person that you choose to spend the rest of your life with and to go through your journey with is one of the most important decisions that we make. 100%. And if you can realize that at his age and overcome just all the BS that's in the world and in society today, then you're unstoppable. You are absolutely unstoppable. So... And that, that leads me to the next question is how, how do you perceive the concept of masculinity in your generation? Oh my, that's, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. It's uh, it's interesting. Masculinity in my generation, it's, I feel like it's very misconstrued. It's very, there's, there's a lot of opinions on masculinity. I don't think, I don't think there's a good balance. I don't, I think you're either, you're either too soft, too vulnerable, or you're too hard and you're, you're too aggressive. I think the media has a massive effect on the younger people's view of masculinity. Personally, I think being, being a white, straight Christian man, you get looked down upon. You definitely have to do your research, do educate yourself and don't get your information from 
from Instagram or don't get your information from Twitter or Facebook or any social medias that you're, that you're looking into. Do your research, figure it out how you want to treat people and go by that, which uh, like should be, should be good with respect, with, with kindness, with compassion. I feel like people are mixing up very, very traditional masculine men with too much aggression or, or too much, too much of like how say like a 19, 1950s family was where like men were like the breadwinners or men kind of pr- provided and then they came home and women were under them. You should encourage success within relationships. And like at the end of the day, you, you and your wife are like, you're a team. You have one goal and provide and have a successful family. And understand the definition of a successful family does not necessarily mean a two-person income. You know, your, your wife may want to be a stay-at-home mom and mother. And there's nothing wrong with that. But taking that choice from her is not a masculine choice. Exactly. Either. I have two questions for you. One, I want to follow up on that. And then I, I'm going to have a story to tell about the first time we actually met in person. Yeah, um, in your view, what's the most misunderstood aspect of masculinity? By society in general today. By society. And you I, can say many, but just pick one. What do you think the most misunderstood? The most underst- most misunderstood aspect of masculinity by society would be men cannot show emotion. Men or like men cannot be vulnerable. You are know, those the same statement repeated or are those two different statements to you? To me, I guess they could be taken as different different ways. So I'd say men men cannot show emotion. Men can't cry. Or the only emotion that men can show is aggression or like dominance. If you could fix that misconception, what would you tell everybody? I think there should be an important balance between being vulnerable and also, you know, not being a bitch. Cause like there's times where you need to suck it up, you know? And like, I, I take that in the term of, or I take that in the way of, you know, like you get hit, you fall down, you got to get back up. And I feel like it's very important as a man do that. But if you're going through stuff, especially mental issues, or you're dealing with anxiety or depression, or you, you just can't get out of this rut that you're in, talk to people, talk to other men. You know, I, I think that should be normalized. I think that should be more apparent in relationships where you talk to other men about shit that you're going through. Because at the end of the day, everybody's, we're all humans trying to just succeed on this, this big, big earth, you know? I think you would really benefit numerous amounts of men to to talk about how they're feeling if they are you know dealing with serious anxiety serious depression just serious issues in general you know they can relate with other men they can they can work on an issue even you know sometimes sometimes all you need is to talk to somebody i agree with that wholeheartedly and again the, the reason he and i are having this discussion today folks is because we come at it from opposite ends of the spectrum And yet the needs are ultimately the same. Now we may look at it different. We may have different struggles and challenges. So I, I, for one, have some different beliefs than you as far as the relationship and the family goes, but it doesn't make it wrong. You may change your mind as you get older. I may change mine, but it's not up for me to tell you how to live your life except by some final determining factors, which you did your background and research before we even started talking about that. Now, granted, we talked a little bit back and forth, and this is the story I wanted to relate. You, (laughs) the first time we met in person, I'd been talking with him for a month or two, and we always had great conversations. I'm like, dude, okay, fine. I got frustrated with him one night, and I'm like, look, if you want some of my time, you actually have to work for it by setting the appointment. And he he was hesitant. He was so respectful of my time 
that he wasn't setting the appointment. He's like, well, I don't know when I bring the table and this and that. I'm like, dude, just set the appointment. It's a test. You got to set the appointment. So he set the appointment and we met and we, I don't meet, I don't meet anywhere fancy. I don't, um, if Starbucks is considered fancy, I don't even meet Dunkin there. Dunkin' Donuts. We met at Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. This is one of my favorite places to meet. Most people know where it's at. It's easy to find. It's in and out. He walked in afraid I was going to try and sell him something. <laughs> and that wasn't exactly what he was worried about, but it was definitely the attitude. It was like very guarded. And I'm sure he heard some advice. Well, this guy wants to talk to you. What's going on with this? Yeah. Uh, so it took us a while and there was no ice breaking. It was like, dude, this, I'm this way all the time, but so I'm not looking for anything. Here's why I'm here. Here's what I want to do. So that, um, what was your take on that first meeting? I'm curious. It was, um, I came, I, like you said, I'd become unguarded because you know, I, I, I really didn't know you outside of work and I didn't know how, you know, you were going to be acting outside of work. I, I just kind of went in with, you know what? I would love to get some information. And if it's not what I was looking for, if it's not what I want, just, not uh, not do another meeting, you know, not continue this. I wanted to go in with an open mindset and just kind of attain all the information that I could get out of it. It was very beneficial, very beneficial. And I'm looking forward to a lot more because you are, um, I'm learning as much from you, hopefully, as what you're learning from me. And I really appreciate that. There's a, there's a bunch of questions here that, we, that we've come up with. I'm going to cherry pick some of these because we've touched all over the place, all over this. So one thing, one question that's not exactly on here, but, and I, I didn't promise I wouldn't do this, but I gave it some, no, I this one. This one's not really going to put you on the spot. Can you think of an example of a time where you've been challenged by your peers because of your views? Challenged by my peers because yeah. of my views. I mean, there's plenty of examples of, of, masculine guys just getting attacked on the streets by these different folks. Has that has been your experience to happen in your life? Or So, I mean, I think it was more, more prominent when I lived uh, up in Oregon. I feel in that area, it was more looked down upon to be a man. And it was like, oh, I'm not going to respect you because you're a man. You don't know what you're talking about. You're, you only think with your balls and you can't all you think about is aggression you know having sex and you know violence going to the gym exactly exactly <laughs> and like you know and you can't like, you're, like you this is my to-do list <laughs> <laughs> that's spot on actually no. <laughs> you forgot to eat <laughs> yeah it's bulking season baby <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean in, in Oregon I faced that a little bit you know you just kind of you know I'm sorry you feel that way like it was it was like, you don't have the, ment the the emotional or mental capacity past like, you know, a nut. <laughs> and, but, you know, you just got to, so you have that opinion and move on. You know, hopefully you don't interact with people like that again. Yeah. Well, and, it, and having interactions like that, it, I don't really believe at that time it's worth it to try and teach somebody a lesson. They're not really listening to you anyway. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Very, very closed off, like not open-minded individuals. They've. Their way of the highway, yeah. you know, and there's nothing you can do about that, unfortunately. Given that, who are some of your role models for positive masculinity? Positive masculinity. I'm, yeah. I'd say my, my biggest, my biggest role model for, for positive masculinity would be my stepdad. Okay. His name's Charlie. He's amazing, amazing man. He, uh, he stepped in, he stepped in my life. It was when I was still living in Texas, stepped in my life after my mom and my, my dad had been separate for, for a little bit. And he kind of showed me what it was to be, to be a man. I mean, the way he treated my mom, the way he treated my, uh, my brothers, my family. I, I didn't like him at first. When I, I remember when I first, 
When, oh, how old were you? I, I think I was about 15, 14, okay. 15 was when he started kind of, when he, when he was, started kind of coming around and I did not like him. And well, I, his stepson was 13 when I started coming around and I would go further. I'd say he hated me. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I was like, you're not going to be my dad. I'm never going to call you that. You can't come in my house and tell me what to do. I was a little shit, but he really, he really taught me what it was to be a man. He taught me how, he taught me what discipline meant. He taught me to really get my the work done that I needed to get done. And he helped me in the times where I, I was struggling the most and the times where I really needed a, a positive father figure. And I'm so thankful for it. Uh, he, he's taught me how to, how to treat women as, as well as my mom. Very grateful for him. And that's incredible. Charlie, I hope to meet you one day because I really enjoy being friends and, and helping Josh grow into the next level of what he's doing. So. And Casey, I meant no offense. I know we get along now. You didn't <laughs> like me much when you were a kid. <laughs> and that's normal. That's a normal masculine reaction to things, though. I mean, it really is. We don't like that level of change in our home life. That's our stability. No, 100%. And we don't have any control over it. And this is not a slam against moms. I mean, mom's going to move on with their life and they want to do something. And it ultimately ended up being positive for you. Mm-hmm. But not having that control and having that great of a switch is hard just mentally to deal with. It's very difficult. How important do you think positive role models are? I think they're very important. I think positive role models are the difference between, you know, a positive man and, you know, a toxic man. I wouldn't say like all, all people without, or all men without positive father figures or positive role models, you know, turn out terrible, but I feel like a vast majority of them without positive role models turn out to be, you know, not, not good men. And I feel as if you're not taught what a, what a good man is when it, by, at a younger age, it, it really affects you. It really, it really changes the way you think. It really affects your self-esteem, your, your discipline, how you look at things, your perspective on things. I think it's very important, you know, not saying that uh, it's not, not possible for someone without, you know, the father role models to do not turn into a good man. There's a lot of people out there who don't have the, uh, the blessing of, you know, a father or a stepfather or, you know, any, any father figure, you gotta, I feel like you have to do more work and you definitely have to find and search for those older role models that you want to be more like, or want to become. You, you went, you went from despair to hope there. And I love it. I love it. You, cause there, there's a lot of young men out there that grew up with no positive role model with some, most with none, with no role model at all. Or the ones that were around were negative or just were not very positive. So if you could, if you could solve the problem, you could wave a wand for guys your age by finding older positive role models, what would you look for? And what would be the best way to find them? Where would you look for them? I guess is my question there. So positive role models, where, where would I look for them? Yeah. That's a good question. Cause I feel like they, I feel like they, they kind of appear in random random places. I mean, I don't, I definitely, definitely in the gym, you know, don't be afraid to go go to that older guy who's, you know, repping 225 and ask for some advice. The gym's probably like one of the few places that I feel like old role models, maybe, maybe even at your job, you know, at your job, if there's, there's people or there's an older role model or there's an, there's an older person that you, you want to be more like, or a family friend that, you want to be more like, or you see that they're successful, or you see that 
they have a lot going for them and you want to be surrounded by that. You know, like you are going to be the people you surround yourself with. You are going to be the media you consume. You are going to be the the stuff you read on your, your bathroom mirror. And you just, you're going to have to make a little bit of an effort and look for it. But I think it's very possible. I'm going to answer that question too. Speaking as the definition of just about every person you, you just said, guys, it, if you're, if you're a younger guy that's looking, and I've said this repeatedly on shorts and on the podcast, if you're a younger guy that's looking for some guidance, man, have the balls to go ask. Very few of the people that are in my position or above my position or just in, in any position that you look up to are going to come down on you or condemn you for reaching out to them and asking just to start having coffee with them and whatever it is, having coffee, having, having a soda, it doesn't matter, but starting engaging that conversation, tell them why they'll respond. They will reciprocate. Now, some of them won't, there's just jerks out there in the planet, but they're, they're, you don't reach a certain level by being that big of a jerk. And I'm going to go one step further, guys, to guys my age. If you see a young man or you know a young man that's in your life, that's struggling, it doesn't have a positive role model or influence, reach out to him and start talking to him. You have the balls to reach out to him and start talking to him because that's intimidating now too, because we don't know if we're going to get blasted. If people are going to be like, Oh, they're just being creepy. What are they doing? Or what have you? Because of the definition that so many people see on Facebook or on Instagram or on YouTube, and we see all this negativity coming back. That is not the way the world really works. We're much kinder. You can walk up to your neighbor and talk to him. Probably going to have a good conversation with them. No, hundred percent. Doesn't matter what, what color he is. Doesn't, exactly. Doesn't yeah. matter what ec economic status he is. I don't have a problem when anybody comes up to me and I'm not intimidated to walk up to anybody. You did the same thing and have done the same thing. If the world had more of that in it, there'd be a lot more connections like this episode right here happening. More connections like this episode happening, more positivity in the world. We have more purpose as we age out in life. And I say age out, not in a bad way, like I'm going to expire tomorrow. But as we, as our lives change, our kids grow up, we continue to have purpose. For you, it gives you some place to go so you don't feel like you're making all these decisions on your own. And I'm going to encourage you guys. You sometimes need three or four. You need a team of guys around you because men sharpen men. Exactly. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. It can be it can be that emotional connection. It can be that friendship connection. And you want to foster those friendships. And I'm going to encourage you and all the other young people listening to this episode because Josh is on it, is you want to encourage those friendships because it's a hell of a lot harder to make a lifelong friend at 50 than it is at 20. It's possible. And I've developed some throughout my 30s and 40s, but they're just, it gets harder as you get older. Life gets in the way. You become living in a smaller and smaller bubble. So make those friends and, and just enjoy that camaraderie and that support, both all different ages. You need guys around you that your age too, that no, feel the same. 100%, 100%. You are the people you surround yourself with. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned about or from either about being a man or from being a man? What's the biggest lesson you've learned? The biggest lesson. I say the biggest lesson that I've learned about being a man is at the end of the day, no matter where you come from, what color you are, you know, what you believe, nobody's coming to save you. And it, it's either sink or swim. And there's a point where you have to kind of take life by the neck and, and achieve what you want to achieve. You have to push for your goals. You, life isn't just going to drop a million dollars in your hand. You know, if you win the lottery, 
that's a different story, but there's a huge percentage of lottery winners that, you know, are broke the next, next year. You have to go out and put the work in if you want to see results. That's a good answer. I like that answer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of, course, of course, I invited you here because we agreed on mostly everything. So, we disagree <laughs> on it. so one thing I want you guys to take away from today's episode is be willing to share your opinions, even when they differ. Took a lot of guts and a lot of balls for Josh to come and go on this podcast because opinions differ from a lot of young men his age. And that being said, if you have any excuses left after listening to this young man talk, they're bullshit. He's overcome so many different things in his life and continues to and had that positive out, outcome and outlook. You have no excuse. You didn't have any before. You were just lying to yourself. You really don't now. So if you... Is there anything you want to say in closing? Anything you want to say wrapping up? Any, uh, anything you want to ask me? The floor is yours. I don't, I don't even know. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of broad. Uh, I mean, it's also cliche, but just treat others with respect. Treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, help other people. Be grateful. Gratitude. Attitude of gratitude goes a long way. Attitude of gratitude goes a long way. Definitely. Like attitude definitely, of gratitude. Definitely be grateful for, because there's, I bet you, you know, people listening out there, there's people who dream of being in the shoes that you have or people who dream being in the car that you drive or the life that you have. So just be grateful. Be grateful. That's huge. That's huge. Guys, if you do not already follow me on social media, go check out the old man energy, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. There is a, if you follow the old man energy, Facebook page, you're going to start seeing a group. I'm going to say it'll be up there within the next week. And we've already formed it. We're just ironing out the details to give you guys an open forum to join where we can connect as men and as guys my age, as guys your age, come in there and connect. Go give Josh a follow on Instagram. He would love to have the have the company on there and just watch yep. his journey. He um, he doesn't post a whole lot, but yeah. what he does is very positive. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So make sure that um, make sure that you tune in with us next time. If you found some value in this, please share it with your friends. Share it with another man that needs to hear this, and share it with another person or another man that needs to know that there's others out there. So until next time, appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Peace. See you later.